1: Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised.
2: Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 15, Episode 7, Birthday Breakdown. Birthday breakdown.
1: And it's not car troubles or anything like that in this episode. That's usually our default. That's what I'm most geared up and primed for. Spoiler alert, no flat tires, no overheating radiators, but still some troubles in paradise.
2: It was pretty successful considering Christine was driving from house to house.
1: It's a lot of driving. Yeah, 15, 20 minutes apart, but all that for all the different houses that she has to go to, it adds up.
2: Been a lot of miles on the infinity.
1: Adds up quick. Another spoiler alert, there are no dogs in this episode, no dog gifts, even though we went in detail on that birthday request for Aurora slash Brianna last week. But just imagine, let's think for a moment about how many deposits you think Robin got scammed out of during quarantine (laughs) from puppy mills and online scams.
2: (laughs) There were a lot of those during the beginning of lockdown, remember?
1: Yeah, where you had to be a real dedicated, interested prospect where you had to pay $200 in Target gift cards online ahead of time to go see the dog. Not recommended. It's not a widely accepted business practice. You'd be surprised.
2: Some other quick updates. The book club has officially started on Patreon. We've got some good conversation happening there. We're really getting in depth and analyzing Robin's number one New York Times bestseller, Becoming Sister Wives. So be sure to log
1: in if you are a patron and connect your discord account and join that chat. Go ahead and throw in your ideas. We already got some great conversations going on, theorizing and just talking about all the good stuff in the book. So far, so good.
2: Also want to clear up some confusion because it seems like there may be some. We are not covering Seeking Sister Wife. Not on a week to week
1: basis. Yeah, it's we did a, a recap of it on the Patreon for our Let's Talk About It episode last this past week.
2: Let's Talk About It is a bonus bi-weekly podcast where we rotate topics from different reality shows. So we covered just the first episode of season three, and that's it. The only show that we cover in its entirety is the beloved Sister Wives of TLC, and you're hearing it here on the free public feed.
1: You're looking at it.
2: If you have any questions... As always, you can shoot us an email at survivingpod at gmail.com or tweet us at surviving underscore pod.
1: Now to shift gears here a little bit momentarily here, we're going to bring it down before we bring it back up, right? we got to take a moment of silence to honor the late, great Bonnie, who is actually featured a lot in this episode. This is Mary's mother, who we all know from B&B royalty at Lizzie's Heritage Inn in Utah. Uh, Unfortunately, she passed away this weekend, actually right before this episode aired.
2: We want to give our genuine heartfelt condolences to the family. This was extremely unfortunate. Anytime a loved one passes, it's unfortunate. But we're also going to see a lot of Bonnie in this episode, which I'm sure made it a difficult episode to have to watch back.
1: There were a lot of people reaching out on Twitter, tweeting the family members and stuff, too. We didn't feel like that was our place, really, since normally our tweets are a little bit more lighthearted.
2: I don't think that anyone was looking forward to hearing from us on the particular topic. Right. So we just kind of left that
1: one, left that one be uh, as far as social media went. Usually try not to tweet the family directly. We already annoy them enough with our existence as a podcast.
2: So a moment of silence for Bonnie. All right. And our last piece of housekeeping before we jump into the episode, we have a voicemail from our legal wife, Caitlin. And she's got a fun question for us. Hi, Corinne Carly. My name is Caitlin. My question for you is how would you rank Cody's hairstyles over the seasons from worst to best? Thank you. All right, so let's get down to it. We gotta get this ranking in order here. This
1: is a tough one because I mean from season to season, I think we might have to go a little bit more general in terms of the looks.
2: So I've created an official collage and We're going to name all of these hairdos, if you will, and we'll post this on the Patreon. It'll be a public post, so anybody who comes to the Patreon can see it on the main page, and you can get an idea of what we are actually talking about here. You can see with your own eyes.
1: So go check it out, patreon.com slash survivingpod, so you know what we're talking about. We're talking through these looks, very serious stuff.
2: So we're going best to worst? Worst to best? Oh no, I forgot the order. Which That's is fun. it? It's, yeah, worst to best. Worst to best. Worst to best. Okay. Ooh, worst. I am going to go with the Sammy Hagar.
1: The Sammy Hagar look, yeah, that bottom left look.
2: This was an all-time low. This was, I think, from the PowerPoint presentation, the move from Vegas. This was
1: a very frazzled time in <laughs> Cody Brown's life. And his hair and beard reflected that. <laughs>
2: And then number two, let's say the Geico Caveman. This is a little shorter than the Sammy Hagar. Kind
1: of a hybrid between the Sammy Hagar and the classic surfer look.
2: Yes. Yes, that's very accurate.
1: Because he clearly, he lets the goatee go. Because again, the facial hair, that becomes another component in here as well. A lot of impact that arises just from the facial hair and the way that that's structured has an impact on the overall headscape.
2: It's very like... Strangly is that a word?
1: Strangly, uh, maybe <laughs> in like a true crime sense.
2: But it looks like he just got done strangling someone.
1: Uh, oh, oh wow! Yeah, Uh I don't think that's an adverb that um, I would be willing to <laughs> to play in Scrabble tournament play.
2: <laughs> Basically, you can tell he hasn't learned to use the blow dryer yet. Do people still say blow dryer or he's just hair dryer? Hot.
1: Or he's just hot. He's just muggy
2: <laughs> they are in Vegas still yeah
1: I get sweaty looking at that picture of him the <laughs> bottom right one not so good
2: all right ranking number three ooh this is a close one um I'm gonna say the labradoodle how
1: yeah we're we're spot on right now because I that was exactly where I was going next to we're doing all right yeah the I don't like the perm.
2: Yeah, so the Labradoodle is the current hairstyle that we are watching in season 15.
1: He looks better with a full beard, though. It's helping.
2: The full beard is better.
1: So that is what's getting us neutral zone, I think.
2: It's like Cody has realized that he's losing more hair on top of his head, so he's growing more on his face. He's leaving more of it.
1: Right, which brings us to, yeah, I guess
2: ponytail, man bun. The man bun. The man bun would and be I, next, and I would
1: say that this is a close. That, that's a close second and third. Yes, those are almost interchangeable.
2: Now, the reason why I would put the man bun in this position is because it is pulled back to the point that it would be so easy to shave off his head.
1: <laughs> You're going to shave his his whole head clean
2: off. <laughs> I meant shave. The man bun off his head. All
1: right. Forget strangly. <laughs> we're going decapitating ye.
2: Damn. What, this episode got dark. <laughs> yeah. What the I'm fuck? sorry, y'all. Ooh. Can, I think at this point, we should just come to terms with the fact that you are going to be a bald man and let's just embrace it. Let's buy some Bic razors. Let's just get rid of it. Let's make it a choice.
1: Because he's shaving the sides of his head and I don't, I'm not comfortable with that.
2: Which is even more confusing. Because it's like we're halfway there.
1: Easing them into the idea. We'll see how it takes.
2: Who is going to maintain this perm and this hairdo, this half shaved off hair during quarantine?
1: It's running wild. That's what we got with the perm.
2: The now. perm's going to grow out. Yeah. Cody's going to start looking rough. We're only a couple weeks in. Get ready.
1: Buckle up, curly girl.
2: <laughs> so that leaves us with the surfer haircut as number one, which is, I guess, kind of just a default because... It's when Cody had the most hair. This was also an odd time because this is when his hair and Mary's hair were the same.
1: Same length, same shade, similar style.
2: They must have been using the same brush. This is why Cody had to shower in Mary's bathroom.
1: Mystery solved. Christine got jealous.
2: They used the same barrel brush and Cody had to blow and flip that hair out the same way Mary was.
1: Nothing to do with the shower, Christine.
2: Stop taking things so personally.
1: Right. So
2: thank you again, Caitlin, for leaving
1: us that voicemail. Your opinions are always welcome here. So yeah, feel free to give us a call if you are on the Legal Wife tier. Leave us a voicemail. Ask us a question about the show. Point out something that we missed. Or just ask us our opinion on something random, too. It's great. It's fun.
2: And if you have more pictures of Cody's hair, feel free to tweet them to us.
1: I'm not opposed to that.
2: All right. You want to get that TLC episode description in the books?
1: Yeah, here we go. Uh, so it is the month of birthdays in the Brown family, but COVID-19 has disrupted celebrations. With Cody and Mary not communicating, he's surprised to learn that Mariah and Audrey have gone to run the B&B to protect Mary's mom.
2: So it's funny, when I pulled this episode description, it must have given me like the UK version because it says, "mum." <laughs> to protect
1: Mary's mom.
2: <laughs> Which made me giggle. <laughs> a shout out to all of our UK listeners. And anyone else who says mom. Don't a lot of places? A lot of countries?
1: Protect your mom. I don't know.
2: <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this without laughing. I want to hear but it. But I'm going to try. Robin celebrates celibacy. Mariah gets the hell out of Dodge. Mary and Mosby growl at Cody. Robin neck dials her monogamous husband.
1: Oh, God. I did like that Mosby took defensive positioning with Mary. That was nice to see.
2: You ever just have your phone on your shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to hold it there. You're on no. the phone with someone else. No. And then it just dials. <laughs> and then it just dials someone else completely. Hands free.
1: Yeah. We've all been there.
2: <laughs> have we,
1: though? No, probably not.
2: Robin's neck be making long-distance calls.
1: Oh, so long distance is more wide distance. Is it is that a differentiator for the calls? Some girth distance.
2: Let's not say girth because we are starting out here with Cody working out in his pajamas. That's an odd segue, but I made it work.
1: Wow. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Cody working out at home. I can't unsee that.
2: It was like, why are we including this? We don't we really do not care what activities Cody has taken up during quarantine.
1: I think this is a workout at Christine's house. I think Christine is filming him and heckling him while he's working out. Cody's just been bouncing between Robin's and Christine's. We know Cody doesn't go to Mary's house and he definitely doesn't stay the night. Not over there. It's spooky.
2: Janelle's not sure when Cody's going to be coming back to her house because it doesn't seem like this once in a generation pandemic is going to clear up in the next four to five days. Damn. Now, it seems the whole point of this workout being included in the episode is so that Robin can once again brag about her youth.
1: It's fading quick, though. So she's got to talk about it as much as she possibly can. Because This is where we learn Cody is an old man. He's in his 50s. He shouldn't be doing cardio, even though he is in better shape than me. But the whole point here. Yeah. Robin is reminding us Cody is 11 years older than her. They get to joke around how she was a baby when he was in school.
2: Did you catch the joke where she mentioned everybody talking about how their kids are leaving the house? They're going to be empty nesters. They're going to retire. And she's like, no, 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 not me. Don't make any plans because you got to stick around and help me raise my kids.
1: That's the subtext there. Yeah. And she's saying that other people say this a lot. And it's like, Mary says that. Christine says that. Your wives say that. Your sister wives say this. These things. Empty nest. Mary is an empty nester currently.
2: Yeah, we know who you're talking about. Just say their names. All right,
1: can we talk about something really serious here, though? I guess. Putting all age differences aside, we have Robin giving some more opinions about ages. Specifically, Brianna is turning sweet 16. And here is where Robin perpetuates the patriarchy of purity and enlightens us that you can only be sweet 16 if you've
2: never been kissed. Okay, the minute this flew out of her mouth, I started... Googling. I googled and I googled and I googled and I googled. And let me tell you, there's nothing that says that. But there is a big band orchestra song from 1932 called Sweet 16 and Never Been Kissed.
1: Nothing like throwing back to the pandemic hits from the flu epidemic in 1918. Might as well go ahead and get caught up to speed with that. Listening to some great dance bands play hits of the 30s. They don't have internet. We established that last episode. So they're busting out the (laughs) phonograph.
2: Robin mentioned on, what was it, TLC's Instagram, she didn't ask me anything. And they, of course, choose softball questions for that. But one of the things she mentioned was they love to have dance parties in the living room as a family.
1: If this is the song you're listening to, I don't think you can technically call it a dance party. I think it would, legally, you would have to call it a sock hop at that point.
2: Robin's an old soul.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for being so young, the youngest wife.
2: Young uterus, old soul.
1: (laughs) Old music preferences. Sweet 16
2: and never been kissed. Cody remembers that there are still four other birthdays to go in this family. He's got other kids besides Robin's. We got two now. We got Aurora. We got Brianna. Now we got the other four. The ones he tries to avoid. But for now, it's all about Brianna's milestone quarantine birthday party.
1: Robin's going full-on photographer here. She's got her DSLR camera. She's snapping photos left and right.
2: There are balloons, crowns, sashes. They definitely went to the party store. Olive Garden takeout.
1: Right, Olive Garden
2: takeout. There are kids gnawing through breadsticks like rats.
1: We've lined up our finest assortment of dolls and knickknacks in the display cases to watch us eat dinner. (laughs) There's no way I'd be able to eat at that table. You just feel all those eyes on you at any given time. It's like, oh my God.
2: Ari hates it too. She's trying to start a fire with two breadsticks to burn it down.
1: <laughs> She's ready to call it quits.
2: We get a flashback, a sepia tone flashback. Thank you to one of our listeners for teaching us how to say that word properly. I'm still going to say sepia. <laughs> it's like gif or jiff though. Well, that's why I'll say it.
1: If they get to say all the other words wrong, I'm going to do one (laughs) word wrong.
2: I guess that's fair. So we have a flashback to birthday parties of the past. Sweet 16 and never been kissed. No, not that one. (laughs) And there is just chaos. It is loud. There are kids everywhere. There are multiple dining room tables.
1: Well, apparently that's a normal occurrence at Robin's house.
2: (laughs) They're always set up and ready to go.
1: One for me, one for the precious moments.
2: So Cody starts to reflect. Isn't this nice? It's nice to have a quiet, calm birthday party with just my actual family. And
1: Aurora, who has panic and anxiety, is like, "Uh, yeah, it's real nice.
2: <laughs> and then he actually calls the big family birthday parties obnoxious. They're obnoxious. They're noisy. They're loud. There's too many people I don't like invited to them.
1: You know who I'm talking about. You know.
2: So they're really digging this change of pace. And that's when Robin spots the opportunity to sit there and prove her loyalty to the family by acting like she would rather have everyone else here at the party today.
1: So then she tries to make everybody feel guilty for enjoying a quiet birthday. And it's like, do we need to go down that route? You liked it. You're disloyal. This isn't normal. You don't love your family. This isn't a, pr- yeah, I don't approve of this. Well, then here's where we get a purely hypothetical scenario from the producer. He's just going to throw it out there. Hey, Cody, what would you do if one of your wives got sick?
2: And he automatically defaults to assuming the producer is talking about Robin. And at this point, this has happened so many times. And this is what the seventh episode of the season that we're just going to go ahead and call it Cody and Robin are a monogamous couple.
1: That's what it comes down to. And I mean, he tries to defend it here. He's like, well, obviously, if... My one of my wives got sick, then I would be there to take care of her and watch the kids. To babysit, if you will. He was speaking specifically to Robin's scenario there, but then he tacks on at the end. Oh, that that would be true of any wife, though, of
2: course. So now the producers pose this question to the other wives.
1: This is where Janelle and Christine, they both say that they would keep Cody away because it doesn't make sense. If they're sick, why would he be around them? That wouldn't be safe. They would run the risk of getting him sick and or spreading it to the rest of the family, too, so Janelle and Christine aren't buying it.
2: Mary says she'd be home alone sick. That's what would happen. I'd just be sick, home alone. No one comes here, and Cody definitely wouldn't come here to take care of me. He doesn't come here.
1: Robin takes an interesting uh, spin on this question here, where she knows it wouldn't be a good idea for Cody to go and be with a sick wife. I mean, obviously, excluding her, because she would need help with the kids, so without question, Cody would need to be there if she were sick. But she's just saying if one of the other wives got sick.
2: If they were just sitting there dying, she wouldn't keep him away.
1: Could be their last week on earth.
2: So Robin is daydreaming about some of the other wives taking themselves out of the game here. All right, let's open presents. (laughs) (laughs) Now we go see what Mary's up to. We got Mary, Mariah, and Audrey, and we are all calling Grandma Bonnie, who is running the B&B, because there are some concerns here. Bonnie is in her 70s. She probably shouldn't be working in a place where there are people coming from all over. We don't know what kind of exposure they've had. Not a great idea for somebody who is high risk for COVID.
1: Right. And this is where Mary points out that Bonnie's calling her whole tenant belief system, the blessing that she has to provide for people in her life. She is a shelter. She takes people in and she takes care of them. So naturally their initial tendency here would be to help people who need it, but then also realizing you are in a high risk category and we want to keep you safe too, Bonnie. So let's get you out of here. Let's get you down to Mary's house and we'll have Mariah and Audrey come up and take care of the B and B, which obviously they are so skilled and knowledgeable in this arena that they're going to be able to come up and just hand that off. <laughs> no problem. No problem. All those responsibilities.
2: Just run a whole business. Why not? Overnight. Sure. So this is a quarantine edition of Trading Places. The
1: main goal here, we got to keep grandma safe. So we're, we're willing to learn whatever we need to learn. It's scary, but we got to do it.
2: This is when we find out what the timeline actually is here. Mary was hoping that Mariah and Audrey would spend a couple of months with her before they moved to Salt Lake. And unfortunately, this is really expediting that timeline because They have only been here for a week.
1: Less than a week. Yeah, It was like five or six days.
2: So they haven't even completed their initial two-week quarantine from when they left Chicago.
1: I think they're woke enough. They're going to be immune.
2: (laughs) I was concerned about that, that we are going to go interact with Grandma Bonnie.
1: Without masks.
2: And everybody else who's up at the B&B, even though we were just going to quarantine ourselves for two weeks to make sure that we aren't sick.
1: Not great ideas. We'll check back in on that in a few minutes. Meanwhile, Christine is announcing birthday parties are not allowed. So we're going to try and do an outdoor birthday hangout instead.
2: So they're heading over to Janelle's house for Garrison's birthday. And This one's shot a little out
1: of order. Again, we're getting the curveballs from the editing department this season. Because technically Garrison's birthday is after Aurora's birthday.
2: I think it is. Yeah. So they come to the house. They have learned at this point that COVID cannot go through glass. So they're talking through the windows. Truly and Gabe are teasing each other, making faces. And then they come to the door and we have a nice little toss the birthday present and back away situation.
1: This is where Christine has learned about disinfectant wipes. (laughs) So in this time span from when stay at home orders were issued, she has learned you can wipe things down that you buy at the store to help eliminate any spread or risk of contamination in your household.
2: They have a nice little visit. Truly does a very good job of staying back in a way where she should. I was a little worried, concerned that that might not work out so well.
1: Yeah, especially because she doesn't think this is fair at all because no. she keeps hearing about at school and through her classes online right now that people need to stay with their families. And she's like, these all these people are my family. So everybody's telling me to stay close to my family during all this. And you're telling me I'm not allowed to see my family. It's hard to understand
2: at that age. That's right. That's because you guys are all your dad's old family, which is evident because Cody doesn't seem to find the time to come visit Garrison for his birthday. He couldn't do a a drive by. He couldn't be bothered to start a a car parade to make faces out the window. Just
1: got to honk the horn, make a scene. That's normally stuff that he's totally into.
2: <laughs> if they did it, we didn't see it on film. It's pointing that out. How come we didn't see Truly's birthday? We didn't see Truly's
1: birthday at all, or Christine's.
2: It actually made me upset because I guaranteed like no one went to their house. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty pretty sure that that was the case.
2: All right, keeping with the tone of this of this episode here, we're really really bringing things down. So Mary's given us an update from the car. She's got a lot of mascara on, and the girls left a few days ago. And now she's heading up to Utah to go pick up Bonnie. And she hasn't talked to anyone in a week and a half. Her sister wives don't call her. Cody doesn't call her. The kids don't call her.
1: The only person she's talked to is this fly that's buzzing around the interview room. (laughs) (laughs) Because, oh my God, I don't know what it is. They're keeping a lot of Mary's outtakes in this season. And I'm enjoying it. I'm not going to lie.
2: It is endearing her a little bit more to the audience, I think. I like it.
1: It's showing her personality a little bit more, but also that her sanity is slipping, slowly but surely.
2: Mary gets to the house. We're at the B&B. It was nice that we got to see it. Mary can show off her business a little bit that nobody else helped her to start or fund or believed in. And still try to weigh
1: in on how they should operate during COVID.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to get to that. And we are greeted by Mary's nephew, Connor, who has... A toothpick hanging out of his mouth. He's got a baseball cap on. And he's thinking it's a little weird that two girls are getting married. He can't wrap his head around that.
1: He's 10 years old and he's struggling to grasp this concept of same-sex marriage. It's just a little too out there for him, I guess. Along with the concept of wearing a mask. (laughs) Equally is confounding.
2: Now there's a secret plan at work here. Because Mary really wants to pass this house down to Mariah. Just a reminder that the B&B was built by, what was it, her great-grandparents?
1: Grandma? Yeah. Something like
2: that. I think it was the great-grandparents. We're
1: going back generations here.
2: And she bought the house back, and now she wants to keep it in the family. So she's hoping that this turns into something that Mariah loves and feels connected to, and that maybe she'll want to own it one day.
1: This could all be yours.
2: It's Aurora's 18th birthday today, so Christine and the girls are at Robin's house to serenade them with a happy birthday song at the front door.
1: Christine has clearly hit full quarantine mode. She has her LuLaRoe parachute pants on and some pink Converse. She has dressed for the occasion. And I do like how we all know for a fact all of Christine's kids sing like her. They all got that perfect pitch.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't great. It was, you know, nice effort, though. Nice effort. Nice work. That
1: was what Cody even said on his cell phone camera, on pitch almost.
2: Yeah, he's full of jokes this episode, isn't he?
1: He's full of something.
2: Poor little Truly. She's trying to come inside to play with Solomon and Ariella. We find out that she's been really lonely in quarantine. I'm sure her two older sisters don't really want to hang out with her and do the kinds of things that she would be able to do with kids who are closer to her age. And Robin tells her, no, sweetie, you can't come in. And that leads Robin to wonder, what would it be like if we were all in one big house?
1: Robin's trying to say that the one big house would solve for this problem, but it wouldn't. It just means that you would need to kick so many more people out of the house.
2: (laughs) There is no way. There is no way. Like we said in the last episode, Robin would be tracking everyone's movement in and out of the house. Where have you been? Who have you been communicating with? Have you been wearing your mask? What have you been doing? She wouldn't let people go to work. Poor Solomon would be locked in his room like a caged animal. She'd be trying to cut the ventilation systems off from apartment to apartment, lysoling everything.
1: And everyone. Janelle even chimes in and thinks that this would have fixed things. And it's like,
2: no. Your
1: kids would be voted off the island. You'd get you'd get the boot. Garrison and Gabe would not be allowed in the house. They would be homeless children right now. Christine though, she's not even thinking about it. I'm not even going to imagine a one-house scenario never. That's not even something I'm not going to accidentally will that into existence by any means.
2: Truly's really struggling with the fact that she doesn't think that any of them have covid. None of us are sick. So why can't I go and play? With Solomon and Ari. Yeah,
1: this is where we're losing her. She's waning interest here. She's trying to come up with excuses to sneak closer and closer to the door. She has a rock in her shoe. (laughs) She's going to throw it at Cody. (laughs) She's got to go sit there by the door to get this rock out of her shoe. But then, yeah, they have to pull her back.
2: Well, to be fair, Ari is trying to coax her closer to the door by trying to Offer her an infected toy to play with.
1: Taunting her with a stuffed animal that she had left there previously. But then Cody somehow miraculously credits Ari with giving this toy up, that it's her favorite toy ever, and she wants truly to have it. <laughs> Pretty quick how that narrative came together for him.
2: Now, what did you think of the fact that they mentioned that they're not trying to scare the kids? They don't want them living in fear. So they're not really telling them about the details of the virus. But then when we see moments like this where truly isn't fully understanding because she doesn't feel sick, she doesn't think any of them are sick, that it's harder for her to understand and deal with it emotionally that she can't play with the other kids.
1: Yeah, it feels like she's just not allowed to. She's just being kept from it.
2: Yes, I know there's a a fine line there, but maybe you want to give a little bit more information about how serious the illness is rather than just people are getting sick.
1: This is where Christine goes with the good solution here. Truly is getting upset. She can tell. But we're going to go. Let's go cry at home. All right. Yeah, let's we're going to go lock ourselves in our rooms when we get home and we're going to cry there. Let's not cry here on the porch.
2: So it sounded like in Christine's interview with the producer, this had happened before where they had had some type of visit. Now, that may have been the visit to go see Garrison. Or it could have been just another visit where they stopped by the house, maybe for whose birthday? This was Aurora's birthday. Aurora's, yep. So maybe they did it for Brianna's birthday too. And she didn't really handle it well. So we're two for two here.
1: And tack another one on because, yeah, cut inside. And we're already having a meltdown in progress here because Solomon is just smashing his face repeatedly into an Elmo chair.
2: So this is interesting. This is where we went full sleuth mode. We went back and watched this section so many times because we weren't really understanding why Solomon had missed the visit and didn't get to see Truly. Now, all Cody says to him is that, you know, people are getting sick and we're trying to keep everyone safe.
1: And all we could tell at this point was Solomon is very upset. And it's like, oh, he's upset he didn't get to play with Truly. And then we thought back on it and I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember seeing him at the door.
2: I don't think they interacted at all. So we rolled back the tape and at no point do you see Solomon at the door. You see
1: everyone else in that house. You see Ari, you see Brianna, you see Aurora, Robin, Cody, and Dayton all at the door at any given point. You do not see Solomon.
2: So I'm kind of wondering, we know... For some reason, we didn't hear it this episode, but for the past three episodes, we've heard it repeatedly. Solomon is high risk.
1: According to Robin.
2: Do you think that she did not let him come to the door because he's high risk?
1: Yeah, but then that's dumb because then if everybody else in the house went to the door and they got exposed to it, they're going to bring it right to Solomon. So why is he not allowed at the door?
2: I don't know. Maybe that's not the way it went down, but it seems like it was what happened.
1: Maybe they thought he was just a flight risk. If you got too close to the door, he's going to run over and give Truly a hug. He can't be trusted.
2: (laughs) And it's like, you can't let him wave
1: through a window. We just saw Truly was totally capable of that. She was playing with Gabriel at Janelle's house through the window. So let him have a window.
2: We also see Ari laying in the bed and she has a pacifier in her mouth. And there have been a lot of comments about this. Hashtag not apparent. So don't know that we're really the ones to speak about that. But seems like maybe we should be past that phase of life. She was four at the
1: time when this was filmed. Over four. Yes, she had turned four in January. I'd say it's time for the binky to go.
2: Time to toss it. It's a COVID risk. Too much saliva on that thing.
1: I'm not going to be held responsible for sanitizing this on a daily basis.
2: (laughs) Now Cody is heading to an unexpected place that we haven't seen him go to that often. He is going to Mary's house. And on the way, he's taking the opportunity to get amped up by talking shit about all of the young people who aren't taking COVID seriously.
1: Okay. Yeah. I like how Cody's taken time on his drive over to journal his coronavirus experiences here. But let's be honest. If Cody was 25 during the COVID pandemic, he would be on spring break in Daytona Beach, March of 2020. He would be there.
2: There is no way that he would be taking this seriously. He wouldn't give a shit. I don't know if if Robin wasn't in the picture, if he would be taking this seriously, or at least as seriously as he is. I think she scared him
1: enough, not on the information that she has about the virus at this time, just on the basis that if he doesn't take it seriously, she's going to hold it against him, if you know what I mean.
2: He just got over having Robin mad at him about buying her a million dollar home imagine what would happen if one of her kids got sick.
1: You'll never hear the end of it.
2: You'll be murdered in the middle of the night by one of her haunted Precious Moments dolls. Just going to set it loose. She's got an Annabelle in there.
1: Annabelle she <laughs> coming to get you.
2: Mary knows that Cody's coming over for this visit and she's going to tell him that he missed his chance to see Mariah and Audrey. That is her plan.
1: And I like how going into the episode when we were about to watch it, We had seen previews where we knew that Cody was going to show up and find out that Mariah and Audrey were not there. To which, Carly, you said, oh, maybe he just popped over because he usually stops over unannounced. There's no schedules. There's no anything on their regimented visits. He'll just swing by. So he came over unannounced and expected to see Mariah and Audrey. No, no, no. That was not the case. We find out Mary spoke to Cody before he arrived, when he was planning to come over. And she didn't mention shit. She did not disclose any of this information. She knew damn well what he was getting himself into.
2: So he's on the couch talking about how excited he is that he is going to get to see Mariah and Audrey. Whoops. And I literally snorted.
1: (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) That's not what you're signing up for here.
2: I mean, I guess he must not have explicitly asked Mary if Mariah and Audrey were there or he didn't state that that was the intended purpose of his visit, so she just didn't bring it up.
1: He said that Mary said that they needed to talk and that was why he was coming over. So she
2: called the meeting.
1: (laughs) She called the meeting and didn't mention it. She's like, hey, I think you should come over. There's something I need to tell you.
2: I could not handle how hard... The producers were trolling Cody during this whole thing. They are showing him setting up the tripod, getting the cameras ready. He is going on and on about how slick these iPhones are. These new fangled iPhones. We didn't have them in Robin's house. This is new to me. Yeah,
1: because I love how he was complaining about how his arm was getting tired holding up the phone. So now he has attached a tripod to it and is holding the phone and the tripod That's not going to help your... You got to set up the tripod and leave it be. That's that's how the tripod works.
2: He's the director now, so he must not have been happy with his shot.
1: Yeah, he's trying to get these action shots. He's got to get some movement in the frame here.
2: So they're sitting down and they are sitting more than six feet apart. They're only in the driveway. As usual. We have not crossed the threshold and gone into the house together because let's be real, Cody does not intend to stay here. So we can't interact that closely. And he asks how Mariah and Audrey are doing, and says, haven't they almost been here long enough for me to visit and see them?
1: And this is where Mary shares the information. Yeah, probably if they were here. You'd be (laughs) able to see them if they were here, but they're not.
2: (laughs) Which is such a savage way to state that.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, Cody gets to learn this shit in real time, and it's gold.
2: (laughs) That's when she breaks the news. Yeah, they're not here, but Bonnie's here. The girls are... Up in Utah, running the bed and breakfast as of about a week ago.
1: Because I like how Cody even goes back to the math. He's like, so I would have been able to see them today because I did mark this day on my calendar that it would have been two weeks since they arrived from Chicago. So that's why I'm here. That's why I came. Yeah, you would be able to, but they're not here.
2: Except nobody bothered to tell you that they left.
1: And you didn't ask.
2: Now, some people were coming for Mary saying she should have told Cody. What are your thoughts on that?
1: She withheld information knowingly where she knew his intention of why he was coming
2: over. OK, that made it funny. But I do feel like Mariah is an adult. She was enough of an adult for him to leave her to move out of her apartment in Chicago in the middle of the pandemic. So why should Mary as a parent have to report on everything Mariah does? No, fair enough, yeah. he's an adult, Mariah's an adult, he could call her. And if she cared to see him, she could have checked in with him before she left. Well, she still wouldn't have been
1: able to because they hadn't even done a full quarantine yet.
2: But why couldn't they do a drive-by or why couldn't they stand out in front of Robin's mansion? Yeah, I suppose. And again, yeah, if I
1: feel like this is partially on Mariah too because if that was her plan, they had a whole conversation with Bonnie about it. They were talking through like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Maybe you could have called Cody and just given him a heads up of like, hey, we're going to go up to the B&B and be there for a while. So if you want to see us, now's your chance or we'll see you when we get back.
2: Maybe to play devil's advocate. Maybe they thought that because he was so against the whole anybody traveling anywhere when they had to leave Chicago, that they thought if they gave him a heads up that he would not want them to go up to the B&B. And it was more important to them to get Bonnie out of there.
1: So again, everybody's making decisions and yeah, it all impacts the others. So, I mean, you got to take what you can and run with it.
2: Now, this only gets better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're just scratching the surface here.
2: Because now that Mary has dropped this bomb on Cody, suddenly he has to cut filming. He's yelling, cut. Everybody stop. Hold on. Even though it's just him and Mary. His phone is ringing. They made it seem like it was going to be some dramatic reason that he got upset at what she had said, so he didn't want to film anymore. But no, it's just Robin trying to FaceTime him.
1: So Cody answers the FaceTime call and instinctively tries to get a shot with Mary while FaceTiming with Robin. And he gets a little too close. Mosby growls at him. Mary growls at him.
2: (laughs) Robin wants to growl at him over the phone.
1: Robin, what was Robin doing? Was she... (laughs) Was she at tennis lessons? Was she doing some accounting? Why did she have that visor on?
2: (laughs) I don't know. Is that like an an equestrian look at all? Maybe she was out combing a horse?
1: Some gardening?
2: (laughs) I don't know what she
1: was up to. I guess it wasn't accounting. Accounting was the clear ones, right? (laughs) If she's going for that 1930s look again. Sweet 16 and never been cast.
2: (laughs) You can tell that she gets pretty upset that Cody has come this close to Mary.
1: Oh, you can see Cody's eyes sink in fear, too. The look on his face when he realizes he made a mistake. He's thinking, am I going to have to stay at Mary's for two weeks now?
2: (laughs) Now, Mary instantly gets offended by this because he is acting like she has the plague, (laughs) which I guess isn't the best way to put it. But he thinks he's going to die now. He starts asking
1: a bunch of questions. Rapid fire. Who have you been with? Who have you seen? Who have you interacted with?
2: Who's Bonnie been with? Bonnie's here, right? You got people here? He also never questioned how Bonnie got here, which was funny. Teleportation. (laughs) Because she'd obviously traveled. She took the bus. So Cody's concerned about exposure all of a sudden. And that's when Mary says, just get away from me, Cody. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Just get away from me.
1: Then we get some Cody jokes here. Didn't work out too well for her last time. (laughs) Last time she said that.
2: And it was such a funny joke that they actually had to explain it to us on the couch.
1: So we have an Alaska flashback going all the way back to 2015. The catfishing incident. Maybe you've heard of it.
2: You thought we were done with it, but it is back. Because pre-moving everywhere to 100 different houses was talking about the catfish for 100 different episodes.
1: This is where Cody got shut out. Mary needed a break. Cody took that as go away and never return. But that's not what Mary meant. Maybe we should have clarified that a little bit sooner than six years after the fact.
2: Also, if you're going to make a joke about something like that, maybe you make sure you've repaired the relationship and it's at a point where the two of you can laugh about it.
1: They still haven't gotten back together. So I don't think we're in a joking place here.
2: Instead, that's just emotionally abusive.
1: So then here's where Dr. Robin comes to work. And she diagnoses Cody with
2: PTSD
1: from the catfishing incident.
2: I like how Mary is the one who got catfished. And in that situation, she was legitimately a victim. We know that she likes to be the victim in many different scenarios. But she was the victim of a catfish. That's factual. But instead, somehow Cody has become the victim of the catfish, according to Robin.
1: They have to talk about it right in front of her. It's weird and no fun. Then why did you call? You know who he's... Yeah, you know what he's doing. Maybe she was trying to see Mariah and Audrey.
2: I don't know. Maybe that was like an emergency. Call me and just check in and see how things are going. And maybe I can use it as an excuse to leave.
1: Yeah, that was a blind date friend call.
2: Yeah. Before she asks me if I'm staying here for two weeks, I got to have a reason to get out of here.
1: That's your lifeline. Yeah. If I haven't texted you in 30 minutes that I am out the door and coming home, call me.
2: Cody feels so open and ready to joke about the situation because over the past few months, he's really made a lot of progress. He has let go of all that bitterness that he had over the whole catfishing situation. He's let that go. I guess that counseling session that they had at the end of last season really opened his eyes.
1: Did wonders. Yeah, the one counseling session that we've seen in years.
2: All he had to do was accuse Mary of tricking him into marriage.
1: My whole life is a lie. You're the culprit.
2: Of taking advantage of him and making herself out to be the victim in every circumstance. Just once he got all that off of his chest and made her feel like shit, he really felt a lot better.
1: I think we can be friends now, but not Lovers.
2: And that sets us up for the next episode.
1: Cody feels more
2: friendly than ever with Mary than he has in years,
1: but that doesn't mean they have any romantic inclinations,
2: which is not great timing because next episode, it is Cody and Mary's 30th anniversary.
1: From the preview, doesn't look like it's going to be a very good time.
2: I think this is when we get the big fight on Coyote Pass, the picnic fight with a silent ride home in the car. It's coming. Cody finally makes his return to Janelle's house, but there's a larger family conflict over COVID-19 rules that's starting to grow.
1: Maybe he's trying to sneak into the garden and pick some tomatoes late summer. They're just building some drama here.
2: So it sounds like it should be a good episode.
1: We'll be the judge of that.
2: Drama filled. (laughs) (laughs) We always are the judges, aren't we? (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple podcast.
1: You can tweet us about the episode at surviving underscore pod.
2: Stay tuned, share with friends. See you next week.